But again, we've got days before opening day. We have the injured list possibility. We've got the trade his ass possibility. And we got the DFA possibility. Do you, would you give that any of those three hat things happening greater than 11% right now, Pete? I would go uh, IL at greater than 11%. I would. I would I would go, if I had to pick an order, I would say IL, DFA, and then trade. I don't see anybody in the world trading. Unless you trade them to Japan, no one's trading for, for Darren Ruff. I'm sorry. James McCann got traded. Do we forget that? Do we forget it that quickly? Yeah, but he's going to actually, actually play for the Orioles. He's actually going to catch games. Darren Ruff, I mean, is he going to play for the A's? I mean, listen, unless the Phillies come calling because they need a first baseman. Oh, oh. That's, that's not, you know. Hey, he was a Philly. Darren Ruff's a Philly. When I think of Darren Ruff, I think of as a Philly. By the way, if the Mets traded Darren Ruff to the Phillies for a bag of balls, after our initial thought of, yay, he's gone. We would instantly move into, oh, he's going to kill us. Oh, he's going to kill us. I can see it now. Sitting bombs off of a returning Jose Quintana in September. And he, you know, he makes us pay. But that's what we do as Med fans. And I have been, I think I've been mostly positive with this team, even throughout spring training where they've had injuries, even throughout the offseason where there was a, a chorus of Med fans. Certainly you were one of them demanding that they improve this offense. And part of my positivity was the kids. Part of my positivity was Francisco Alvarez, Brett Beatty, Mark Vientos. Never even mentioned Ronnie Mauricio. But the Mets have really solid position player prospects. They've got the best offensive catching prospect in baseball. They've got the best offensive third base prospect in baseball. Vientos, I think, can hit left-handed pitching if he ever gets the chance. And Mauricio is a pretty good prospect. The Mets have hitting prospects. And while the Met offense wasn't bad last year by any stretch, they failed in the biggest moments. That's really what the Met offense was. They didn't score in their biggest moments. But overall, was being a top five offense good? Yeah, it was good. Was it good enough? Yeah, they won 101 games. They didn't hit when it mattered. But I always thought the biggest improvement this offense would have would come internally. And as of right now, the New York Mets are going to start the season with zero internal additions offensively to this team. Instead, you're looking at Omar Narvaez, okay, and Tommy Pham. That's what you're looking at. That, those are the offensive additions that the Mets are going to bring in going into this season. And so as somebody that supported the lack of aggression for the most part for big bats because of the faith in the kids that are here, I am massively disappointed and pissed off that the general manager of this team didn't have the same faith. It doesn't mean these guys won't be here. They will. Spoiler alert. Brett Beatty's going to be here at some point this season. I think Mark Vientos is going to be here at some point this season. And by the way, I'm going to stop there because I can't say that about Alvarez and I can't say that about Mauricio. Now, when will these guys get here? I have no idea. Because here's my question for Billy Epler. And I would ask this point blank if he comes on before opening day. I'd ask Buck, too, even though Buck isn't making the decision. All right, so Darren Ruff has had a bad August and September. Darren Ruff has had a bad March. At what point is enough enough? If we're wrong, and I hope I'm wrong, I hope Pete's wrong, I hope Darren Ruff hits 480 against lefties in April, and we'll all eat crow and say, wow, I'm glad they kept him. 
But if that doesn't happen and he's hitting 157, at what point do you cut bait? And that's my biggest concern from this. If the sample size of August and September wasn't enough and the sample size of spring training, ah, it doesn't matter. He's a veteran. Wasn't enough. Okay. When's enough? And I can't answer. How the hell can I answer that? I'm already at enough. I would have said, let's go now. So what is it, Billy? What is it, Buck? What's the point? When's the point where you say, all right, He's not hitting. Let's cut our losses. Because I feel like it's inevitably going to happen. Again, I'd love to be wrong. I'd love for Darren Ruff to be the lefty mashy he was for the San Francisco Giants two seasons ago. I just don't think it's going to happen. Whether it's his wrist or it's his age or it's the boogeyman known as New York. It ain't going to happen here. And that's my concern, Pete. Because I do think Beatty will be here at some point. I do think Vientos will be here at some point. But what's the answer to some point? Is it July? Is it the last weekend of the year, like Francisco Alvarez? Like, when the hell is it? Well, I said this, I think, on the last podcast. I, I have this weird feeling that we're going to see about two months of rough. I feel like the first month he's going to struggle, but because of an injury or whatever, he's just going to hang around for another month or so. It can't be to the trade deadline. That's way too far. Like, we can't rely on this roster that we have and say, well, at the trade deadline, we'll make a move and we'll see from there. Because I don't trust his trade. I, I don't trust Billy Epler in his trades. I don't. Oh, for one. That, that That's how I'd say it. He is 0 for 1 at the trade deadline. Doesn't mean he can't have a big trade deadline this year. I don't know. I don't know what the Mets' needs are going to be. I mean, that's kind of the weird thing as we sit here on the in the eaves or the days before opening day. We could try to predict the Mets' biggest need at the trade deadline, but who knows? Maybe it's going to be something we least expect. You know, maybe maybe the bullpen is going to be awesome. The offense is going to be great. And one of the aces is going to be out for the season. And we're going to be begging for starting pitching. You just, baseball is a weird game. You don't know. I wanted to make this pod mostly about being but a couple of quick thoughts to throw at you. Number one, Brandon Nimmo returned to the lineup during Saturday's spring training game against the Cardinals. And right out the gates, he didn't make a diving catch, but he made a diving attempt on a ball that fell in front of him. He also had to beat out. I forget, I don't know if it was an infield hit or he just ran out of ground ball, but he looked good. I mean, he looked healthy. So I thought that was great just to see him out there. So we clearly got that one wrong, or at least I did, in terms of how severe that injury was going to be. Assuming there are no setbacks, he certainly looks online to play on opening day. But the Mets are going to be careful. They're going to be careful with him. They're going to be careful with Starling Marte. And considering their out, other outfield options as of right now are basically going to be Tommy Pham, Darren Ruff, and I guess moving McNeil to the outfield, which I'm a fan of. Uh, yeah, it's not great. The other thing was they signed Dylan Bundy. Dylan Bundy last year pitched from Minnesota and wasn't, he wasn't, I, I can't say he was good. That's not fair, but he wasn't awful. And I've seen Dylan Bundy pitch very awful at times throughout his major league career, mostly with the Orioles back in the day. But last year, to give Bundy credit, he had a 4.9 ERA. So you would say, well, that's awful, Evan. The reason I wouldn't say it is because he went out and threw 140 innings. He went out and made 29 starts. And in the prior year, he had an ERA above six. So, hey, <laughs> it's over a run better. He pitched very well in 2020. Weird season. So how much stock can you put in it? And then obviously he was with the Orioles and with Baltimore. He never lived up to the hype that he had. But he went out and made every start. Why that matters is because the Mets just added him. 
And Dylan Bundy hasn't pitched in the minor leagues in seven years. So he hasn't turned himself into like this perennial depth guy who's in the minor leagues. And they signed him to a minor league deal. And I think as of right now, that's where he'd go because he hasn't pitched much out of the bullpen in his career. And they don't have a starting spot for him. Tyler McGill on Saturday night, his final spring start was not great. He walked a bunch of guys, but David Peterson's the guy. If they go six man, then it's Tyler McGill. And then you kind of throw Bundy in that mix with Luke Casey and Hernandez and uh, Budo, guys like that. So I got no issue with it. It's a depth move, but that's where Dylan Bundy is in his career because he hadn't been there yet. He was just a guy who was a failed prospect, started bouncing around the league between the Angels and Twins, but would find himself in a rotation, usually in the back end, and would just flat out be able to make starts every five, six days, which is some kind of quality, even if you're not great, even if you're pitching to a five ERA. So the Mets did add Dylan Bundy. Uh, he hasn't been anywhere, so it's going to be a while before we potentially see him. But he feels like a double header. He's going to start game two kind of guy, especially as the Mets work to try to keep their rotation healthy and give guys extra rest. And who knows? There may be another injury down the road. One weird thing that sort of concerns me about Senga is since he's had the finger issue, he hasn't thrown the fork uh, ghost ball. And he claims a little bit to do with the injury, a little bit to do with uh, just not throwing it, just deciding not to do it. But is it related to the finger? Is he going to, with these bigger baseballs in the United States, be able to throw that pitch consistently and have it not be a physical issue? That's the question. Anyhow, we've got a bunch more pods as we lead up to opening day. We're going to air our Mets versus Yankees bets podcast uh, that we did. That'll be airing Sunday night and Monday. We'll make our MLB predictions. We'll do our Mets-specific predictions. And once this roster is settled, we'll do a podcast on the roster. And we'll probably even do a podcast right after the game on opening day. An instant reaction to the first game of the season. So that basically means you're going to get a Rico Bronia every single day. I don't know if that's a good thing. Maybe it is. Maybe it's a bad thing. Maybe it's a fantastic thing. I don't freaking know. You can email us anytime to RicoB at gmail.com. We appreciate you listening and downloading Rico Bruni. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bruni podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times. <laughs>